Welcome to Season 5 of the Excel Still More Podcast. I'm still your host, Chris Emerson, and I'm here to encourage you in your walk with the Lord, and I'm glad you've joined. The program continues to be sponsored by Cunningham Financial Group. John is a good friend, and he's helped me and my family in everything from stock and mutual fund investing to annuities, life insurance, and retirement planning. I certainly commend him to you if you have needs in any of those areas. You can reach him at 205 205- 3267364. Thank you again for your ongoing encouragement and support. Let's get started. Hello and welcome back to ESM. I'm really glad you're here. I hope things are going well for you and that wherever you are, you are beginning to enjoy this tremendous transition to fall weather. I know that here in the Northeast Texas area, this is about as good as it gets. Part of where we will be going today is recognizing the immense power and presence of God in the stars and in the mountains, but maybe even the leaves around us beginning to explode with color can send the same message. So to start zeroing in on our topic today, let me take you back to last year. I was doing occasional Thursday episodes where I would feature lyrics from some modern Christian music song and we would talk about how valuable they might be to you. Most of those episodes were shorter, and I really enjoyed doing them. And during that year, and probably the year previous, occasionally I would run across a song with so much depth and import that we would do a full episode on it. But this year, I don't think we've done any of that until today. Summer and I were on a little road trip the other day, and on the radio comes this song by Mercy Me titled, To Not Worship You. And that is the second half of a question posed in that song that goes like this. Who am I to not worship you? There are several things I like about the song, particularly the progression from doubt to confidence to trust, which I'll share with you today. But firstly, I just really like that question, and it could be a good conversation piece for your family this week. Who am I to not worship you, God? Who are we to in any way take away the praise and adoration that you deserve? Ultimately, even when you face doubts and fears, the presence and glory of God is enough always to draw your attention to Him. And I think you'll see in these beautiful lyrics how that works. But before we get into that, I want to talk to you about the first three words of that question. You'll note that the song isn't just asking what has God done objectively that we should give Him our adoration. Instead, it's primarily a question about you, asking yourself, Who am I? What is my identity? And when I understand at my core who I am, and I acknowledge that and accept it, how could I not, from that place, produce worship with my body and my life and my resources to the glory of God's name? And that's really where I would love for you to be today, with an understanding of yourself that immediately and with unrestrained gratitude turns all of who you are to him, not just in offering praise to him, but living out righteousness that honors him in everything that you do. So to help with that, as the title suggests, let me ask you to ask yourself this question, who am I? I almost set that up today as if you and I were sitting down at a coffee shop and I just looked you in the eye and said, who are you? But honestly, that's not intense enough. It's not personal 
enough. You may be guarded in your answer or have all kinds of explanations for how you answered as you did. Instead, on your own today, ask yourself, who am I? I've been doing that, and I will tell you, it is much more difficult to answer than it seems. Really, I would encourage you to pause the episode for just a few seconds until you come up with what you believe to be a concise answer. When I started answering the question, who am I? I began by identifying my character traits, telling you about me. Well, I'm a pretty nice guy. I love God. I'm kind of funny sometimes. I try to be a man of honesty and integrity. And those are good answers, character answers, descriptive answers, but they're not good enough. That doesn't tell you who I am. It just tells you how I'm living or the kind of person I'm committed to be. So I kind of came back to myself and said, Chris, that's not good enough. Let's get more personal than that. Who are you? And my next effort, which I thought was a little bit better, ended up being roles that I assume that matter to me. I said, well, I am a Christian. I am a husband and a father and a friend. And I do like the fact that I got past just attributes and I got to real identified roles of importance. But again, those are less of who I am at my core and more of what I am. What I am in life is a Christian, a choice that I have made, a husband and a father, other choices and journeys that I've embarked upon. It was at that point that there was this itch I couldn't quite scratch that said, my identity, the answer to this question is something more, even more than that. Now, at this point in the episode, I would love to know what you would say about yourself. And it's possible I'm missing something big and obvious that I should have seen that would have made this all very simple, but it was not for me. However, in the end, I made this decision, and I spoke it directly to the Lord. Who am I? I am a child of God. Now, you might hear that and say, wait a minute, that sounds like the last category. You are a father. You are a Christian. You are a child of God. But it doesn't land that way for me. When I say I'm a Christian or a father, those are decisions that I have made based on something that is real about my core. And that central identity is bigger than me. It is not the result of me. It is the cause for me. Who am I? I am the created child of the Father. I am adopted into His family, and I belong to Him. Now, I'm not saying that's the universal correct answer, nor that it's the one you should come up with, but I'll tell you this. When you have trouble even saying the words, because it speaks so centrally to everything that makes you, you, you will know that you're on the right track. Not that that doesn't demand choices on your part. You are a child of God through creation, but you are adopted by faith. And while that means obedience, this is really God at work, bringing you to a point of closeness with Him consistent with the purpose for which you were made. At that point, the song's question becomes very easy. Who am I not to worship you? I am your created, redeemed, blessed, and protected child. To worship you for who I am because of you should come as natural or probably more natural than anything else. 
And I'll tell you something else kind of cool. Remember how I answered the question a few minutes ago? I started with sort of my character traits and attributes, and then I zeroed in a little bit on different roles that I've chosen to assume, but those tended to be circles around the thing that goes in the middle. But here's the cool part of it. Once I vocalize and lean into who I really am, all of those things get affected. Because I am a child of God, that will affect the kind of Christian that I choose to be, the kind of husband and father and neighbor. And of course, those roles all get affected by the outer ring, which is, you know, my character, my personality. But if everything about my character and words and personality emanated from full faith in my identity as his child, I think everything will be affected. And maybe for you, a lot of things will change. I would have to think that a stressful life would be behavior and or the exercising of roles that are inconsistent with who you really are. And of course, that can go both ways. You can try to be a Christian and a good person, but at your core, you are not a child of God by recognition. Or on the other hand, maybe that's exactly what you are, but you've forgotten that. You've let this world start redefining, quote, who you are. And so you see yourself as something else than a child of God, and you find it, therefore, pretty difficult to live a faithful Christian life, to be a light in your family, or to carry out the fruit of the Spirit. I think it's time to find that again by asking yourself, who am I, and having confidence in God, not yourself, in God, as to what that answer is. Okay, so to help with that today, here are some tremendous lyrics from a song called To Not Worship You. I think I'd like to just read the song to you all the way through. I'll omit a little bit of the repetition of terms, but you'll get the picture. What I really want you hanging on to a bit is the sequence. It starts with doubt. There is an identity crisis in the very beginning of the song. God keeps being introduced as the solution to that problem, and at the end, there's great confidence where fear and doubt had started to grow. I'm losing sight of all that matters. Blinded by questions I can't answer. I'm paralyzed by what I don't know. That holds me hostage and won't let go. Breathe out, breathe in. Raise my hands and remember, you're the one who makes the mountains move. Stars will not shine unless you tell them to. Conquering the grave to make all things new. So who am I, who am I to not worship you? Remind me who I am because of you. Tell me I'm not the man I once knew, because I still feel so undeserving. What could you see in someone like me? Breathe out, breathe in. Raise my hands and surrender. You're the one who makes mountains move. Stars will not shine unless you tell them to. Conquered the grave to make all things new, so who am I to not worship you? Holy, holy, you are God Almighty, who was and is and will always be. You are my song, you are my hope and my strength, who was and is and will always be. You are my song, you are my hope, you are my strength. Let everything that breathes sing. You're the one who makes mountains move. Stars will not shine unless you tell them to. Conquering the grave to make all things new. So who am I to not worship you. Okay, as we go back and look at this, again, sequencing is really, really important. 
It starts with me saying, I'm losing sight of what matters. I don't have answers to certain questions. There are things that I don't know, and it's holding me hostage. I think we've all gone through that. Identity crisis, to be more specific to how I started this episode on who you are or why you're here, what matters most or what it's all about. Questions like, where is God and what is he doing and how could I ever know? And all of that is coming from this cheap fog machine that the devil has plugged in in the corner. It's really about all he can do is try to blur your vision of God. And you might be like, hey, Chris, it's more than that. It's not just confused about God. I'm confused about myself. What I'm here to tell you is there is a connection between those two that you have to see. And that's why the song's next line is, breathe out, breathe in, raise my hands, and remember. Remember what? Remember that God moves mountains, that God put the stars in the sky, that God conquered the grave. That is to say God's power is seen in the mountains around you and far above you in the massive stars and even beyond the grave below us into the life that comes after. I think the potent message of this song is you don't have to figure out everything about who you are or what's going on with you or get all the answers that you're seeking. If you want to know who you are, you just need to know who he is. He is the creator of life, the sustainer of life, and the producer of an eternity in the life that comes after. Sounds to me like whoever I am, I fit somewhere inside of that, very specially, actually, as being created uniquely from his mind and in his image. And who I am is someone who needs to be worshiping him for who he is. Now, the second verse progresses forward a little bit, but it doesn't act like everything's all fixed and you're ready for an all-night singing session. But it is a calling out to God. Remind me who I am because of you. Tell me I'm not the man I once knew, because I still feel so undeserving. What could you see in someone like me? So it's moved from verse 1, me without God, desperate and confused, to investigating me because of God. Is my core existence really tethered to him and therefore my value in him? As it moves into the chorus again, he doesn't say, raise my hands and remember. He says, breathe out, breathe in, raise my hands and surrender. Maybe the guy at the beginning of the song wasn't ready for that, but that's the next move. Why surrender? Why go all in attaching your being to his glory? Because God, you're the one who makes mountains move. Stars will not shine unless you tell them to. Conquered the grave to make all things new. So who am I to not worship you? That reminds me of psalms and other songs that we sing that talk about nature proclaiming the glory of God and the rocks crying out to God's amazing power. He didn't make that rock into something pure and special and eternal, and yet the rock is singing, how much more me and you. I am new and redeemed and saved despite my failures because of him. By his power, not my own. And so I surrender my life to him and I praise his great name. So in the last part of the song, he moves on to me with God. I'll try to put this in the show notes. I made some little markings on the flow of the song. Beginning, me without God, and then here's some news about God. Middle part, me because of God, and then here's the news about God again. Now it's me with him. I am his. I am with him. 
He is my Father. And so I say this, Holy, holy, you are God Almighty, who was and is and will always be. You are my song. You are my hope. You are my strength. Holy, holy, you are God Almighty. So the song really doubles down at the end on who he is. I thought the question was, who am I? But it turns out there's no way to get there but through him. Because in that stanza are three really great things about you. You've got a song to sing every single day. You live your life filled with hope that the devil can't touch. And you have a strength in you that this world cannot understand. That's who you are, not because of you, but because of him. So I think this is why I've been a little emotional today, just saying the words child of God, because once I peeled back all of the answers that I wanted to give, answers that by and large were the production of my own choices, I started to find something more central that is founded on his choice and his strength. All of a sudden, anything is possible if I am a child of the great creator God as the central reality of my life. I wish that meant you wouldn't need this song or songs like it anymore, that you would never lose sight of all that matters, that was the opening line, or be blinded by questions you can't answer. But what if you don't have to, as if your value was somehow tethered to your accomplishments? What if you live by faith in the Father and in His Son, Jesus Christ, and in the Holy Spirit? In these last couple of minutes, I'll just tell you about a word that I really love from the book of Romans. I've had a chance to teach this all throughout the year, and I love doing so. The book of Romans very beautifully takes you through the road of grace to faith to life, but one word is sort of the secret decoder ring of the first eight chapters. That word is righteousness, which means to have a balanced account, to be justified, to be right. There's something I have a lot of questions about. Who is justified and right? Who does enough? Who gets enough things correct? To help with that, the book of Romans tells me three things about righteousness. In chapters 1, 2, and 3, it teaches me that I am not righteous. No one is, nor on our own will we ever be. Without God, there cannot be hope because no one can achieve righteousness. From there, he very quickly goes on to his second and more crucial point, chapters 3 and 4 and 5. God is righteous. He is the source of righteousness, and he offers rightness to you as a gift. He asks that you believe in the power of that gift, that you have faith in Jesus Christ as the sacrifice to make it possible. I can be righteous because God has gifted that to me. The Father extending an inheritance and a blessing to his child. And what comes out of that? Well, chapter 6 has some interesting wording where it talks about how you and I now are slaves of righteousness. In fact, we are obeying in a way that results in it. But it doesn't mean we are enslaved and bound against our will to righteousness, nor does it mean that we go out and live these great and perfect lives that achieve it on our own. Instead, It's just the power of intense identity in Christ and gratitude. I was not righteous and had no way to find it. You sent Jesus and have offered it to me by faith in him. And so like the song says, I'm raising out my hands. My hands are in the air. But right now as I'm recording this, they're crossed over in a way that says, shackle me if you wish. 
I am so thankful to know that I did not have to achieve this or earn it or procure it on my own. You have made me everything I could not be, and so now I belong to you. You can call me a slave, a servant, anything that you want. All I want to do is worship you. I want to worship you in my relationships. I want to worship you through my character. I want to worship you with God's people. You, Father, made me right, though I did not deserve to be, and I want to go out and display that rightness to the best of my ability. For me, when I look at righteousness in that simple, straight-out-of-Scripture way, I see that all the doubts and fears and questions that plague my life and make me feel insufficient are solved by looking to you, Father, and receiving what you have offered. Who am I? I am a righteous man. And I can say that without any caveats or explanations or hedging, because I'm not talking boastfully about myself. I'm talking about my identity as a child of God and who my Father has made me. Man, that just makes me want to serve Him today, not out of terror or making up for something, but purely out of gratitude. So let me finish with the end of the song one more time. Holy, holy, you are God Almighty. You are my song, you are my hope, my strength. Let everything that breathes sing. You're the one who makes mountains move. Stars will not shine unless you tell them to. Conquered the grave to make all things new. So who am I to not worship you? Thank you so much for listening in today. If you enjoyed this program, will you share it with someone you care about? One thing I've learned over these five seasons is that there's nothing as powerful in advertising as word of mouth sharing between friends. Speaking of friends, let me once again commend you to give John Cunningham a call. He and his team have a wide variety of tools to help you use your present budget and life to build towards a more secure and hopeful financial future. Once again, you can reach him at 205-326-7364. And always remember, whatever you choose to do today in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, excel still more.